Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? You really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. We've got work to do. You get me every time. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fusion Cell. We have Jeremy Brown on the line. It's it's almost Thanksgiving, and we have Jeremy calling in from Citrus County, Florida, to talk about Thanksgiving, the car explosion that happened today, and a little 1984 mirroring. So yeah, we're not going to talk too much about the car explosion. We'll talk about that next week. But uh, is isn't it interesting? Uh, but I will tell you that I got a Hershey's chocolate bar and a Coke today. That was the jail gift to us on this Thanksgiving. So I'm thankful for uh, for that, even though they're certainly not good for me. But uh, sure. thank you, Jen. And I just want to say, yeah, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on Tylene or uh, Yusinia's toes. But Jen, you complete me, oh, okay, with you. your music selections and your just always being right on time, right? Because we were just, I was, I was just making fun of that song in our pre-show calls and here, boom, right? Just like that gets in the, in the uh, intro. So thank you. No problem. Yeah, you know, um, since we're talking about what we're thankful, I'm going to throw that right back at Jeremy. And I think a lot of our audience members would agree with me. Um, you know, throughout this podcast, I've learned a lot. And when we talk about what's going on in current events and I tell people, well, actually you don't understand what's going on because if you did, you'd know about this thing called unconventional warfare. <laughs> and I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely sharpened. Oh my God, I've created a monster. <laughs> it's sharpened my, my arguments for sure, but also um, helped me to understand things on a, on a much different level and a different way of thinking when these kinds of things come around. Um, and I mean, these kinds of things as in, you know, what happened today. Um, but with that being said, that's all thanks to Jeremy Brown and um, listening to his thoughts on, on what's going on due to his expertise and skill and throwing in a little humor doesn't hurt either. So Thank you for all of that, Jeremy. It's very much appreciated. And and for being such a strong person well, um, in in the situation that you're in. Okay, this was, this was not pre-approved programming. <laughs> so uh, can we edit all this out? Um, sure. <laughs> no, I, I thank you. And I will ominous, dominus you, Jen. You are officially an honorable, honorary gorilla. 
right? Because that's what we make in unconventional warfare. We, we, we build the guerrilla force in order to fight against the tyrant. Uh, and so, Jen and all of you out there, uh, welcome to Guerrilla Radio. Yeah, and that's actually you know one of my favorite uh, intros from Rage Against the Machine. But no, I, I did want to, and, and in fact, this really just came on me, you know, kind of thinking about last night and having Ivan Rapin, a fellow uh, Green Beret, on, uh, and having our interaction, which. You know, many of you might have, you know, listened to it and thought, man, you know, do these guys agree? Do they disagree? Whatever, you know, I, I might have, you know, been a little bit uh, on the, the, you know, the, the, the frothy side when it comes to, you know, to, I, I have a much bigger picture perspective. And so, you know, uh, but I'm glad that we got to have the discussion and that just thinking about that kind of got me thinking about, Three things that I'm thankful for tonight before we get into our uh, walk down 1984 memory lane. Um, And those three things are, one, the path that my life has taken that has led me to this point. Um, As a younger man, uh, even a young boy, obviously as a young boy, no, there's a Foo Fighter song. It's called it's called "Waiting Waiting on a War," right? And the lyrics, while not exactly in line, but you know the the the, the chorus goes, you know, "Waiting on a War," right? And I've been waiting on a war ever since I was young, right? And so, as a young boy, that's I mean, I ran around the woods uh, playing. I love Rambo and Chuck Norris movies and all those things, and, and uh, you know, movies that they just don't even make anymore, right? But yeah. uh, you know, and then as I got older and learned to read somewhat, you know, I didn't learn to read that well because I went to government schools, but I was able to put some sentences together, right? And, uh, yeah, I read a book one time called Rise to Rebellion, which is by Jeff Shara, and it's a historical fiction uh, about the lead-up to the Revolutionary War. And I was, I've always been so fascinated with the revolutionary period and the founding fathers. And lo and behold, I uh, end up in the Department of Defense's proponency for that very type of warfare, which is the U.S. Army Green Berets uh, and a graduate of the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center in schools. And so the path that I've taken, you know, unknown to me, led me right perfectly to the place where I apparently am supposed to be as much as I don't really want to be here. Uh, and so I'm thankful and I'm grateful for that. The second are the men that I've served with. And I, I haven't served with Ivan, but me and Ivan have chewed the same dirt, as we might say, right? He's been through some of the same schools as me. He's been probably to some of the same countries as me. And while he might have done them from a different group on a different ODA um, with a different job description, right? I mean, we could literally sit down. Uh, and, and me and Ivan haven't really had that many conversations before last night. But yet we could sit down and we can actually have um yeah, interesting and significant conversations about the world and we can disagree and still be friends and then we can agree 
right? And still get in a fight. But <laughs> but these are the types of men that I served with my whole life. And, it, and in fact, it actually nearly ruined my post-military career in my, my company because, see, I jumped out of the military, started a limousine company, and I just assumed Oh, I'm sorry. Just for a few Where seconds. Where did you lose me? I, I'm not Don't sure if you're mentioning you someone. Hello. No, I think it was, I'm not sure if you were saying people's names, but it was really just five seconds. Okay, well, ten seconds. it looks like, let me, I call him back and reconnect him because it was like the caller has hung up. Never know with those jail calls. Um, but yeah, I hope everybody's gonna have a safe Thanksgiving tomorrow. I've seen a couple tweets out there that said, Don't you dare be scared to talk about politics this Thanksgiving because that's exactly what you should be talking about. Our country's health and prosperity depend on it. So I mean, take that for what you will. Some people are not going are not going to talk about what's painfully obvious at all because they know that it's just going to end up in an argument. Nobody wants that on Thanksgiving. Um, I'll keep my opinion to myself. You know, I hope you guys come back with some good stories <laughs> as to what happened at your Thanksgiving dinner. I'm already looking forward to seeing them on Twitter. I can promise that. I know there's going to be a lot of vi videos. A lot of funny little snippets, um, probably a lot of fights, but also a lot of food. So, <laughs> hey, Christy Five. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Going to be hanging out with um, some friends and family. So it's going to be another awesome Thanksgiving, and I'm very thankful for that. I haven't had a, a hiccup in any of my Thanksgivings. Um, what happened today with that? That collision was mm, right away. Fox News came out and said that it was a terrorist attack. I'm just going to talk about it briefly. I know Jeremy wants to talk about it next week, but um, it took a few hours for them to scale that back. And there's, uh, if you're ever on Twitter, you're ever interested. I mean, there there's people talking about it immediately when those kinds of things happen. They start parsing out the details and and multiple people are looking at multiple different news channels one to refuse this free call two if you would like thank you um but very curious start the conversation now that entire situation all right hopefully this connection is better okay can you hear me okay yes definitely okay so uh what i was uh blabbering on and on about were uh the, the men that i've served with uh, and it really, like I was saying uh, when I started cutting out, it really kind of tainted my perception when I got out of the military because I had been surrounded by the best men in the entire planet mm -hmm. for 20 years. And I just assumed that that's just what all men were like, right? Uh, and so it was a very steep learning curve, uh, needless to say. But, I mean, I've done some really, really tough things. Right. And at every stage along that way, I've always been in awe of the men that I was surrounded by. Right. I always considered myself to be, 
you know, like the runt, right? They all were the same litter, but the runts were always the smaller ones and the dumber ones and the slower ones, right? And that's that was always my present. Like everyone around me, I always felt like was way better than I am, whether it was in special forces assessment selection. And, and don't get me wrong, if you ask people that were there with me, they'll tell you that I was a cocky shit, right? But see, this is really just a defense mechanism, right? Everybody's met a person that, you know, you know, puts up a, a, that facade and you kind of have to, right? Or else you'll get pecked to death, right? So, you know, you played a tough guy, but internally, I was always like, wow, these guys are amazing. All of my friends are way cooler and stronger and taller and better looking than me, right? And so when there was special forces assessment selection or whether it was the U.S. Army's Advanced Land Navigation Force, which if you don't know what that is, well, I mean, it's just a cover for something else. But if you do know what it is, you know what it is. <laughs> and you just look around and you say, my God, these are the finest men that the world has ever seen. And, you know, so you just get in this kind of sense that, well, they're awesome, but, you know, I'm just a little of me. And that's, you know, in basic training, they teach you never assess your own spit shine, right? You shine your shoe, but never, you know, shine it, but never keep shining because it'll never be good enough for you. Always have someone else look at it, and they'll tell you, man, those are really those are really good. You're, you're good to go, right? So you can put them down because, see, you're always much more critical of yourself. You never see yourself as the barrel-chested freedom fighter, but everyone else does see you that way. And I'm grateful for the men uh, that I've served with that have put me in this position of not seeing myself as one of them as well but i have reminders constantly and that brings me to the third thing that i'm thankful for and, and jen tried desperately to steal my thunder but she's not going to do it and that is you that the people right the, the people that tune in to hear me speak or that donate to my legal defense or that believe in me as a leader you see, I just did an interview today, and it struck me when the interviewer said, yeah, I listened to your interview last night with Ivan Raiklin, and I'd like to talk about that. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't really see this as a podcast. Yeah, I called Jen, and we talked about what are we going to talk about. But see, really, in my mind, this is just a phone call to Jen, and we talk about things. And you're all listening, right? I don't get to see any of it. I ask all the time, well, what does it look like? Or do you, how, how, I mean, I don't need, I have no idea what this podcast looks like. Maybe it's just a phone call. But apparently, to you, it's a, an important source of information. And I'm grateful that you've entrusted me and many of you uh, with your hard-earned money in order to help support this fight. Um, yeah. And so I just want to say I, I, I'm really, really humbled and grateful uh, for all these things. And really having Ivan on last night 
which I think that that's the first that we've been able to manage against. Um, and just thinking about it in retrospect, it really it really makes me realize how much this country is in need of its veterans, especially its the Green Berets, the SEALs, the other guys that don't exist, right? The agents from the FBI or whatever other government agency and members of the law enforcement. Our country needs us to do what Ivan and I did last night. It needs us to come together and wake each other up, to shake each other awake to the fact that for the first time in our lives, we are actually being called upon to defend this nation. And I'm not talking about the wars that they sent us off to fight that we thought were for good reason, but now in retrospect, we're like, eh, we were kind of pawned for the warmongers to sit out there to be involved in training accidents and, you know, operations that they lie, deny, and make counter accusations about rolling up bad guys that, yeah, maybe they were bad, maybe they weren't. I mean, some of the bad guys weren't that bad because John McCain took photographs for them not too long ago. I'm talking about actually defending America. To utilize the skills and the experience that all of that warmonger-induced warfare taught us, utilizing these skills that we learned at the JFK Special Warfare Center of Schools or many of the other schools that we've been to. This is our time, and we need to be talking to each other. You see, our government. There's actually a movie with Bruce Willis, and it's called Red, and it stands for Retired Extremely Dangerous. Now, that's not an actual military term that I'm familiar with, but I, when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, that's kind of witty, right? And the basis of the movie is that these are all retired guys and operatives and all this other stuff, and because they're retired, they, as we say in the business, don't give a beat. Right? Well, that makes them dangerous because, see, we're really super smart. At least that's what my girlfriend tells me. <laughs> we're very resourceful. We're not stupid. And we sure as hell are the sheep that they're used to dealing with. And they spent lots and lots and lots of your hard earned taxpayer dollars and even more artificially created fiat currency to train us in these skills that they use for their own benefit. But now we're out here in the real world, some in jail, some struggling to make ends meet, but some that actually have large voices. We still have all those skills. And we still have that intelligence. And we still, in any case, have those networks. And when we talk to each other, I can guarantee you, that if I've caught the 20 Green Berets in the last few years, every single one of them says, man, we're in trouble. Now, I've also talked to groups of Green Berets 
that spend a lot of time raising money for scholarship programs and send their kids off so that someday their kids will hate them. Because, see, they fought in the wars, and they just don't want war anymore. So they got out, and they just clicked off that sense that they should all be happy right now. And they just want to live that life where they go to the Green Beret Association meetings and have a few beers and tell war stories. But that's about it. I see. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get through to Ivan, right? I'm hoping that there's other guys there and seals and task force one sixty guys or hell anybody. I don't care if you were an MP for God's sake, because we need everybody right now. This is all hands on deck. I mean, I hope Alexa wasn't tapping in to the JWIC servers when she decided to tell everybody that World War III was going to start tomorrow at 6.05. I mean, it's a theory. It'll be interesting. I've got it on my calendar. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying wouldn't it be interesting? And so I'm really thankful for the path that's put me here the men that I've served with and apparently are still serving. You know, when people say, thank you for your service, my response now is, well, apparently it's not over. And that's the truth. My service to this country is not over and will never be over. See, I am retired and extremely dangerous to all those who seek to destroy this great nation. Not the federal government. The federal government is shot, folks. It's the car that you can keep taking to the shop, but it is just not going to run anymore. And we, as a people, we the people, have got to start thinking about how we're going to fix this. And what's probably going to be the solution is time to get a new car. But we're going to have to figure it out. In the meantime, there's lots of bad things happening. And all I can do is reach out to you from my jail cell and warn you the best that I can and educate you and train you and discuss with you, bounce ideas off, because these are conspiracy theories, right? We're never going to have all the answers, but we definitely need to be trying to figure them out ahead of time or else they'll just keep creating these cascading waves of lies that we talk about in the intro. So tonight, uh, I've asked Jen to put together some information uh, based on George Orwell's, a.k.a. Eric Blair, his book, 1984, which I believe was published in 1949, if my memory serves me, because they confiscated my copy of 1984 and all the moves that they've done and things like that. But uh, in 1949, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Eric Buller, writing as George Orwell, wrote 1984. Uh, and it is rumored that he describes 1984 as actually true, that he only wrote it as a fiction in order to get people to read it. And then, of course, there's the famous letter that he you know, wrote 
to Aldous Huxley with a copy of 1984 and then Aldous Huxley's response, who was the author of A Brave New World, and whose brother Julian Huxley was the founder of the UN, UNESCO, which is like their education and science bureaucracy that they've created for this one world government. Uh, so we're going to, I'm going to call back. And we're going to look at some scenes. You know, I, I thought it was going to be the book, but Jen surprised me. Which, I, again, I can't see anything, so I don't even think of using video. I thought using the audio book. But she's going to actually have some clips from 1984. And then we're going to look and see just how prophetic Mr. Blair, Mr. Orwell, was when he wrote the book 1984. So, Jen... I hope you're excited to show off all of your handy-dandy video editing work. Uh, so when I come back, we'll get started on that. Okay, sounds good. The caller has hung up. My video editing skills could definitely be better, but I'm working on it one one at a time. Before I did this podcast, I had no idea how to do any of that um, audio tech stuff, if you will. So thanks for bearing with me if you're with us in the early stages because some of it was painful. I apologize for that. <laughs> but when we play these clips and I actually forgot to slide one at the end. Um, so we'll watch that too, which I actually just happened to come across the other day, but it's uh, perfect. And it's actually of George Orwell talking. So this mashup will be very telling. I don't think any of it will surprise you at all. If you're paying attention. But when you juxtapose it with the actual movie, it's pretty scary. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press. One, to refuse this brief thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. So now that we've gotten through all of our real and authentic gratefulness and gratitude and thankfulness, now we're going to get into some cynical gratefulness. So I am grateful to George Orwell for predicting the future. So Jen... Tell us a little bit about uh, what what you were able to do and then talk us through uh, these great revelations. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to play some current news clips and then uh, clips from the movie. So you'll see one against the other, and I'm sure you'll make the connection pretty easily, the themed connection. Pretty now, easily. all right, before you start, there might actually still be some people out there that have never read 1984 or never seen the movie 1984. I definitely suggest that you read the book, then watch the movie, then go back and read the book, right? Uh, just get the audio book and listen and read along. That's what I do because, see, I went to government schools again. My reading ain't that great, all right? But uh, 1984, in essence, is just meant to be the dystopic, future that is 1984 when you're writing the book in 1949, right? Mm -hmm. 
And it basically follows the character Winston Smith, who is the guy, the main character, the protagonist, right? Who's, who's like, he's, he's in this world, but he just always has these nagging thoughts that there's just something not right about the way the world is. And so he's on this search for something else, right? He, he like he can remember he had a trap he lost his mother tragically. He can remember that the world wasn't like it is now. Uh, and in the search for that, he finds you know the brotherhood, which is the counter, the insurgency, right to Big Brother, right the the patriot movement, right the liberty movement, the people that believe that we shouldn't live like this, right, and they're called the brotherhood, and Big Brother is the the government, right, you know the the party, all right, and then throughout his search, he basically uh, gets discovered, he gets taken prisoner, and he's tortured. Uh, and then, of course, it's revealed to him that the Brotherhood was actually a figment of Big Brother, meant to identify those who were against the party. So think an FBI infiltrated a conservative patriot group. That's ultimately uh, what the Brotherhood turns out to be. So with that background of 1984, again, you must, you must read it, right? Because if you don't read it, you will not actually understand that like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun, right? And if Orwell and Huxley were able to be so accurate in their anticipation and prediction of what the future might be like, maybe, just maybe, it's a plan and not a prophecy. And so here are some perfect clip to tie into actually literally things that have just happened and in, in what they're all from this week right Jim? um some of them are a little bit older but they're pretty re- they're all pretty recent they might be a few months old right but they're right now you'll you'll recognize them so without further ado jen let's do this all right All right, this Thanksgiving, we have a lot to be thankful for. While inflation caused by the pandemic and Russia's war continues to be a challenge, we have seen important progress. Just in the time, just in time for holiday travel, gas prices are down $1.70 from their peak. Airline tickets are down 13% over the last year and car rentals are down about 10%. And as we start preparing our Thanksgiving meals, grocery inflation, is at its lowest level in over two years, with prices for eggs, milks, bacon, and fresh veggies lower than last year. In fact, according to the American Farm Bureau, the cost of a Thanksgiving dinner fell this year. Prices are down for turkey, stuffing, peas, cranberries, pie crust, and whipping cream. We had a big discussion about whipping cream in the back. It's like, whipping cream, but not whipping cream. Anyway. Because wages are rising, this Thanksgiving dinner is the fourth cheapest ever as a percentage of average earnings. 
Finally, as we look ahead to holiday, to holiday shopping, since last year, prices for toys are down about 4%. Used cars and trucks are down 7%, and TVs are down 9%. Lowering costs for Americans continues to be the president's top economic priority, from strengthening supply, supply chains to lowering energy and healthcare costs to cracking down on price gouging by ba banning hidden junk fees, President Biden's policy will continue bringing relief to American families. Who controls the past controls the future. Right, hold on. Oh. What's up? Don't, don't go on. Let's talk about this now. Oh, my goodness. This is... <laughs> So that was the White House press secretary informing you, because I'm sure you had no idea what the price of anything was. You're just skipping through life, enjoying just every day. I mean, it's uh, rainbows and unicorn farts and, and all is right in the world except for all the stuff that's wrong with the world, right? And so you have no idea about your family budget. You don't know how much it costs to fill up your tank. So the government is right there to tell you just how wonderful. I mean, look, I just was feeling so warm and tingly inside as, as she was telling me all these things because, see, I've been hearing about how people were struggling out there. But, but I just heard the government explain to me about, Jen, everything is better. In fact, Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everybody, everybody now, sing along. But see, when you jack the prices up 200% and then drop them 7%, <laughs> guess what? You're still broke, right? You're still struggling to make ends meet. But because here at the Fusion Cell, we 100% support this tyrannical federal government. And we would never want to be considered a threat to their democracy. We're going to go right along with Corrine Jean-Pierre. And I'm going to use this like any good politician would. I'm going to take the government lie about a tragedy, which is the economic outlook of this country, and I'm going to try to raise money on it. So, ladies and gentlemen, since the government just told you about how wonderful things are this Thanksgiving and how cheap everything is, well, hell, you must be flush with cash. So just go to my website, jeremybrowndefense.com, and hand some of that cash over because I'm fighting these bastards in court. And the government said you've got lots of money, and I believe everything that they say. So. Don't be stingy. But no, of course, I'm being facetious. Jen, did Orwell have any type of scenario that he might have put in his book and in the, in the movie? You got anything like that? Yeah, there might be a couple in here. I'll, I'll press play when okay, you're ready. Let's, yeah, let, let's see what the predictions were in 1949 about how the government would talk to us about, you know, the economy and production and things like that. And for anyone who's listening and not watching, it says who controls the past controls the future, who controls the present controls the past. Mm. 
So Winston's reading mini prod pledge number reduction in 30 gram chocolate ration, 1984. Rough times, 14284, page three, byline two, should read mini prod forecast increased chocolate ration from 20 to 25 grams per week. He's folding his paper up. Putting it into the canister. The new one and throwing the old one into the incinerator. Morning, Chris. Buzzins. Heard the rumor? Yeah. Good news, is it? Oh, I should say so, yes. Choco rations going up. Really? 25 grams next week. Double plus good, eh? Brothers and sisters, the battle for production has been won. Completed returns show that the standard of living has risen by no less than 20% over the last year. All over Oceania, there have been spontaneous demonstrations of party workers voicing their gratitude and joy. In honor of this massive overfulfillment of the ninth three-year plan, it has been announced that the chocolate ration is to be increased to 25 grams per week. Yeah, so that's that's what I have for the 1984 portion before we go into some some more modern things. But as you can see from those clips, yeah, we should start saying that more often. You know, when Handmaid's Tale was uh, was going around, I was telling people in the airport and wherever I was just to, you know, because we had to wear the masks and everything. I was like, um, under his eye, they would just look at me crazy. I'm like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about this. We had to wear the mask thing. I never wore a mask, but uh, well, you weren't but, in California. Look, no. <laughs> I, I, uh, so notice how they said, "Oh, all the workers have been just—they've just been celebrating, right?" Hmm. It seems to me like here in America, the workers have also been celebrating, right? I mean, some people might call them labor strikes because they're not happy. Uh, with the fact that their the value of their paycheck goes down, but see now everybody's happy, right? <laughs> because everything is so good. Because Korean, Korean, whatever her name is, right? Miss mm -hmm. Pierre, Miss Jean Pierre, told us it's good, just like the government told those under the thumb of Big Brother. Oh, things are so good for you that we're going to increase your chocolate ration, right? So, yeah. yeah, there's that. But is there anything else, Jen, going on, you think? Did you find, were you able to find any other similarities between today and maybe something that might have happened in Orwell's 1984? Think about that. I'm going to call back. Okay. And then if you come up with anything, we'll show that next. Okay. I'll be here. The caller has hung up. So will our audience. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is actually kind of fun to put together and then to also look for the clips. I have so many things bookmarked on Twitter that I need to read later. I'm like, oh, man, that looks interesting. I need to read into that. Oh, man, that that really I need to. 
I have like a thousand book bookmarks at this point with no time to actually look through them because news is happening at a rapid pace. I was putting this thing together today, not paying attention to Twitter. So this, you know, I'd say I, I didn't look at my phone for 45 minutes to an hour. Within that 45 minutes to an hour, it was like, boom, terrorist attack on the the border of the U.S. and Canada, car explosion. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> this is like, it's been 45 minutes. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. But I expect nothing this less is not uh, for the next year. It will be recorded and maybe monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, can you hear me? Yes. Now, just so you know, in the book, there's actually a much longer uh, going through of government-manipulated statistics in order to convince all the people about how great everything is. And then, of course, in the movie, you see that they're all wearing the same clothes, and they all basically look like they're in concentration camps. Um, so there's that. All right. Uh, so uh, just remember, though, 1984 is a complete fiction, right? Nice. Not a prediction. <laughs> and what do we got next? Put that on a bumper sticker. Okay. Next up, <laughs> Jenna Ellis. The opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. Keep away from me, Smith. I'm an agent of Goldstein. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. You knew I had a comment. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Your Honor, yeah. I'm such a horrible person. And I wish I wouldn't have been such a liar and a fraud. We all know that the election was totally free and fair. The freest and fairest election according to the FBI ever. And we know that the FBI never lied. And she had to throw in that she That's was a Christian. Song. I liked that part especially. At, well, She's a very moral person. I yes. mean, 
she left out the coward part, but this certainly could not have been predicted if all of this epic telling of the future could it have been. No. Where the government basically holds mock trials and then in order for you to get a lesser punishment, all you have to do is just bend the knee, just shed some tears and tell us all how bad a person that you are. And of course, of course, throw the thing that you told everyone you believed in completely under the bus. Hell, I'm surprised they didn't get her to throw Jesus under the bus. Maybe that was just one step further than her cowardice would allow her to go. I mean, hell, she might as well just converted to Islam. Not that there's anything wrong with Islam, right? But that would be the equivalent of a Christian basically being forced to convert. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Convert or else we'll chop your head off. Those are your choices. I can't hear him at all right now. So hopefully he comes back in a second. Once again, that oh man, did you just lose me? Yes. Oh my gosh, I totally just revealed the secret to the universe. Did y'all not hear that? <laughs> well, I'm not repeating it. That's why. That's why they made you right. be silent. Where did you lose me? <laughs> I don't. Um, Where did you lose me? That was a solid 15 seconds there. I don't even remember what you all said right, last because well, I was thinking about what to what to tell people. So, you know. Okay. I well, what I said last, <laughs> what I said last was certainly Orwell didn't predict any such type of show trial and public perception mm. of how bad a person you are for going against brother. Did he? Would you? Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> so we lost him again. Okay. Sorry, folks. Technical difficulties. I thought crime was so insidious. It just creeps up in you. My daughter found it out. Very proud of her. Very grateful I've been discovered before it's too late. I confess to spreading the rumor on orders from Goldstein that the war is not really with Eurasia, but with the East Asia. And that for years, in fact, since the days of our glorious revolution, I had no faith in our future. <laughs> I forged government <coughs> announcements and falsified figures voting for agricultural and industrial. <laughs> As a result of mental disturbance dating from my experiences during the atomic wars, I was a willing subject of Goldstein's influence. I was stubborn and egocentric. When own life thoughts occurred to me, I reveled in them. I went into the proletarian zones. I had sex with prostitutes. I deliberately contracted syphilis. It was at this time that I made contact with the resistance. 
I was personally contacted by the arch-traitor Goldstein and ordered to assassinate certain inner party officials. This I did. My agents forged documents and gained entry to the Ministry of Truth. Thought crime is death. Thought crime does not entail death. Thought crime is death. I have committed, even before setting pen to paper, the essential crime that contains all others in itself. Many hours of my free time, encouraging my agents to deface party posters and hoarding announcements. To put Ukraine on a solid foundation. So yeah, that's the end of that 1984 clip. What? He he couldn't possibly add any more, or the party couldn't add any more charges onto that man. He's done everything. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought you were going to say Orwell couldn't have possibly predicted our future any better because no. of what I can hear the guy coughing in the background, right? Why? Because they're all sickly. Huh. That's funny. You know, that's actually what Clyde Lewis was talking about last night on Ground Zero about Ocympic, right? And all of these drugs because now everyone is fat. And, and diabetic, and so now the pharmaceutical industry is creating uh, these counters that really are even robbing people of the enjoyment of food because everyone is sick, so everyone's taking a drug. You know, there's a, a cure for nothing, but a drug for everything. And so hearing the guy coughing in the background is literally like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. And then what about the fact that he mentioned during the atomic wars? My God, that's like the perfect segue to our next block or yeah. the perfect, uh, you know, cherry on top of the Alexa predicting nuclear uh, exchange between Russia and Germany tomorrow. Yeah. And then, of course, he's lamenting thought crime. He's seeing that this is what's happening and that he's guilty of it. He's guilty of thought crime. My God. He just buy this crap, right? And so he's guilty. And, and the, the guy before was actually proud that his own child turned him in. He's like, man, you know, I'm so proud of my child. My child was right there to is really good because uh, earlier you how I was being trained in their church in the uh and what he did slap parent rat on their head of they anything against big brothers his own turns in so and he's even then like like uh Yuri Bezmanov said even in the face of being turned in by his own child, he still doesn't see the ridiculousness and the horror and basically says, I'm proud of my child for doing the right thing, for turning me into big brother. Yeah. And, and How many other sheep are out there in America that would say the exact same thing when their child comes back from college and then turns them into the FBI because Maybe they had an American flag hanging up or worse.
maybe dad actually had a make America great again hat on his dresser in his bedroom. Well, we can't be having none of that. Jeremy, actually the first person that got arrested for January 6th um, or was sentenced, I'm not sure, but that was Guy Ruffett. And if you remember that story, his son is the one that turned him into the FBI. Of course. So, yeah, yeah look, very sad. Uh, story. Jesse Kelly talks about this all the time, right? Your 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 leftist Aunt Peggy is going to be the one that turns you in, right? Uh, the one that wore their mask, that took the vaccine before they die from whatever they're going to get from that vaccine they'll inevitably also turn it in to the government if you get out of line. You can assure yourself of that. So you can either convert them or distance yourself from them. But this is the world that we will live in. And Jenna Ellis is a perfect example of the modern-day depiction that George Orwell warned us about, the show trials and the public profession of how bad of a citizen you are for going against Big Brother. How dare you? If you engage in thought crime again, we'll just simply prove you in room 101. Yeah. So that brings us to the next topic. Okay? And so, if only there were other topics that Orwell might have warned us about in his 1949 book, 1984. Then, were you able to find another one? Any Similarities don't repeat, but maybe they rhyme. Sure did. Just let me know. All right. I'm, actually, you know what? My this call is almost up, so let me go ahead reconnect, and when we get back, uh, you can hit us with that next similarity that you found. Okay. The caller has hung up. So, if, if you can't tell just by looking at the screen. Uh, well, some of you might be listening. Who's up next right here? We have Secretary Blinken. Now, in the past few days, especially when Chi uh, was visiting in San Francisco, there's a lot of videos out there focusing on Blinken and his facial expressions when he's looking at President Biden speak, um, listening to President Biden, resident Biden speak. Excuse me. I misspoke. Um, and you just see a face of concern. There's another face that looked like he was extremely uncomfortable. There is one a couple of weeks ago where they focused in on Blinken's face. And I forgot what uh, Biden was saying from, it looked like he was on an airplane. And uh, Blinken was like creeping around the corner and you could just see his little face. He looked like he such a creeper. And maybe monitored. But he's, if you believe this should be a private call, it's very clear that he's handling instructions to register Biden. this number as a private number to accept this Keeping his call, press one eye on him all the time. Press two. If you would like to thank you for using He cringed when you may start the conversation uh, now. All right, can you hear me? Yes. Let me just finish my, my last sentence here that um Anthony Blinken cringed when Biden's answered a reporter and stated that uh, Chi was a, still a dictator because he is, you know, in charge of a communist country. So <laughs> anyway, I'm going to press play here <laughs> when you're ready. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and 
Similarity number three. First, keep fighting to win back its territory. Second, build a world-class military force to ensure maximum deterrence for the long term and make clear to President Putin that he cannot and will not outlast Ukraine and he cannot and will not outlast all of Ukraine's supporters. Third, kickstart economic recovery and growth and bring more hope, more opportunity to the Ukrainian people. And fourth, accelerate the reform process to speed Ukraine's path to the European Union and to attract Some investment. Members of Congress who have called for a ceasefire and they have not gone as far as uh, backing the administration's call for support for Israel. So look, uh, I've seen some of those statements this weekend, uh, and we're going to continue to be very clear. We believe they're wrong. Uh, we believe they're repugnant, and we believe they're disgraceful. Uh, our, our condemnation belongs squarely with terrorists who have brutally murdered, raped, kidnapped hundreds, hundreds of Israelis. November of 2022, I was in Tijuana investigating a Muslims-only uh, mosque and migrant shelter on the Tijuana side, just two blocks from the from the wall. And when I went in there and then met Tajikistanis and Uzbekistanis and Chechens and thousands from Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, places like Iran have been brought in uh, by design, by purpose. The government knew that they were from Iran and brought them in with no vetting. Uh, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq. Uh, 24 different countries that uh, where terrorist organizations operate. These people are known as special interest aliens. Nobody from those countries is supposed to come over that border without all of this screening. And from everything that I can tell, they are not doing the screening for the people that they're bringing in like this. So what did they cover there? They were talking about the Ukraine war. They're talking about the Israel Palestine war and and then all these uh, migrants coming over the border. So those are three the three. What things do they call them? Special interest. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you deciding? Labeled? I don't even remember. I got to go back. Special interest uh, groups, maybe. I don't know. What do you say? Special interest migrants or something like that. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. oh yeah, those guys are special interest. Two, training two blocks, oh. two blocks from the border. It must. Oh my camps. god! Did we build that mosque? I'm just wondering. Probably did. Because you know, if we did build the house that they found Osama bin Laden in. At least we bought it for a time. But uh, that's another topic. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, Russia's the bad guy. Uh, you know, the, the, the we we uh, deplore terrorists, and yet we fund the terrorists, right? And you know, that's funny because I'm pretty sure today that uh, we're going to get 50 hostages back, Jen. Congratulations to Israel and the American people. All we had to do was give them 150 of their people and money and supplies uh, and fuel, right? Uh, we're going to, I mean, not, we didn't stop giving them the other money and supplies and fuels and everything, you know, humanitarian. And I'm, if you could see me right now, I'm giving you that really like over exaggerated wink, humanitarian aid. Uh huh. Huh? Yeah. I, I'm also using the air quotations. Okay. Uh, we've been giving Hamas 
humanitarian aid. I'm, I'm winking. I'm air quoting. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just, they're special interest migrants. But was there, was there any type of, uh, I don't know, example that Orwell might have used about the gaslighting, the back and forth? You know, in fact, before we move on, I, I feel like, and, and uh, yeah, I wish that we would have had the clips of Hillary Clinton when she was the Secretary of State, you know, standing there with the exact same guy that represents Russia. I can't remember his name. I'm not good with my Russian name unless, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, like in, you know, Black Widow or whatever. Um, but she's standing there with this, you know, Petrov or Jokov or Boars off or whatever his name was, right? Yeah. I uh, look him up. He's still in office. He's the same guy. But Hillary Clinton's standing there with a, a mislabeled reset button that you could get at Office Max. Uh and talking about how oh we're we're gonna reset the relationship with Russia and they're just smiling and they're hooting and hollering. And you know, at the same time, former President Clinton was getting like hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to Moscow and give speeches. In fact, uh, I, I feel like that Hunter Biden might have actually been given a bunch of money from Russians. But remember, they're the enemy, even though in just World War II, they were our ally. And then I, yeah, I also remember a clip of President Obama sitting on a stage, I think, with the, another Russian that's still probably in the same position that he was in back then. And in a hot mic moment, saying, hey, make sure you let Vlad know that, you know, once the election's over and, you know, we, we have the, you know, I don't know if you know this, but in America, we have free and fair elections. <laughs> I know, I know. Actually, we stole that from you guys. But yeah, no, just let Vlad know. Of course, I added that in, but I'm sure he meant it. Uh, but he did say that once the you know election was over, he'd be a lot more flexible for Putin, whatever he needs, you know, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> hey, you got any of those Russian girls? Or actually, I prefer little boys. But let's move on from that. Let's. Good timing. Was it Russia? <laughs> huh? I said let's. What? Good timing. Just because you're talking about little boys. Okay. That's all. Was it Russia run by the same people then? And so wouldn't that have made them just as equally evil and the bad guys? So Russia was our friend in World War II and then the bad guys during Reagan. And then again, they were our friends during the whole Clinton-Obama time, right? And now they're also back to being the bad guys again, even though a lot of the same people are in charge. Man, I wonder. You know, I really wish I had the uh, Wayne... Uh, Wayne's World clip of Wayne and Garth when they would go back in time and they'd go pretty slips. But since we don't have that, I'm just going to have to say, Jen, uh, did Orwell talk anything about this, you know, war and gaslighting kind of scenario that seems to be depicted in this Russian Islamic terrorism uh, narrative? Yes, definitely. Well, let's see it. Forces of darkness and the treasonable maggots who collaborate with them must, can, and will be wiped from the face of the earth. We must crush them 
You must smash them. You must stamp them out. We, the people of Oceania, and our traditional allies, the people of Eurasia, will not rest until the final victory has been achieved. Death to the eternal enemy of Oceania. Death! 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 Brothers and sisters, one week from now, may this very square which now is a demonstration of our resolve is a sure sign for those who attempt to threaten our party and our saints. We shall execute publicly the same number of East Asian prisoners by hanging, drawing, and quartering. War propaganda. Soldiers being great. Tanks rolling through the smoke. Soldiers making the sign and walking. In formation. Flags being flown. More tanks. The enemy's portrait on fire. Principles of double. It does not matter if the war is not real, or when it is, victory is not possible. The war is not meant to be won, it is meant to be continuous. The essential act of modern warfare is the destruction of the produce of human labor. A hierarchical society is only possible on the basis of poverty and ignorance. In principle, the war effort is always planned to keep society on the brink of starvation. The war is waged by the ruling group against its own subjects, and its object is not victory over Eurasia or East Asia, but to keep the very structure of society. People have tried to keep the very structure of society intact. So war is not That's winning. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like we talked about not very long ago. You see. War used to only be profitable when you won, right? Because you slayed all the men and you stole all the women and you stole all their cows and you stole all their gold and you enriched yourself by actually conquering the other side. But see, now they've figured out how to make war perpetual and profitable by simply just dragging on and on. But see, People would get bored if the same old bad guy was the same old bad guy. So therefore, they just keep switching back and forth, switching back and forth. And that's why we have one, you know, couple of decades, Russia's good. One couple of decades, Russia's bad. And then they're good again. And then they're bad again. It's always the same players, right? Remember, Germany were the bad guys in World War II. And now they're the good guys, right? So uh, just another example. In fact, I don't know if you know this. But, Jen, yeah. true or false, Oceania is a mythical country. True or false? 
I'd say true. Well, it's funny you should say that because I thought it was mythical as well. But you know, when I was in the Pinellas County Jail, I went into the classroom one time to do a Zoom a court hearing, and I looked up, and it had a world map. You know the world map where all the countries are different colors, right? Kind of like yeah. Paisley-type colors, uh, and it's the globe. It's like big oval, but yet all the continents laid out. And I'm, you know, bored because I'm sitting there waiting, and I'm just looking, and I'm looking at this map, and I look over, and I notice something very strange about this map. It's in the Pinellas County Jail. Pinellas County is a real place right here in Florida in America. And I look up and guess what the continent of Australia is labeled as? Oceania. Mm. (laughs) No kidding. And so maybe Oceania isn't a mythical place. Did you see the date on that map by chance? I did not. I, if I wasn't an inmate, I would have just walked right on over there and looked <laughs> at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can't make sharp movements or really go anywhere without somebody uh, pointing something at us. Um, so, well, so, let me, look. Wait, let me tell you real quick. I just put it into, you know, the search engine and it says Oceania continent. You imagine that. And here I was. 48-year-old grown man, and I had never in my life heard of Australia referred to as Oceania. Maybe it has been. I don't know. But I've never heard it. I only just thought Oceania was the name of a mystical country in 1984. But then I started thinking, well, hell, Eurasia and East Asia actually kind of exist as well. Those are the actual places that we're talking about right now. So... But I think we got one more special example that Orwell gave us of something that you might have noticed, I don't know, maybe over the last five years. And so let me call back and we'll get this last example. Okay. The caller has hung up. So I actually remember him uh, saying that now. I'm looking up Oceania. It says number of islands, 10,000. So it's not just Australia, but it's all the ones that are around there as well. Apparently included Fiji, the Marshall Islands, Micronesia, New Zealand, Palau, Papua New Guinea. So um, news to me, right? But when he was writing this, um, he obviously knew something we, we moderners don't. Modern humans, modern culture. Uh, I'm actually, like, it surprises me that, that Jeremy wouldn't know that. Doesn't it doesn't surprise me that I didn't, but <laughs> um, and what are the other ones? War with East Asia, okay, Eurasia, okay, Oceania. I think those are the only three, but you can correct me if I'm wrong in the chat there. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded OGA to saying Jeremy ordered. needs a copy of if Gary Wayne's books. Call, but who is Gary Wayne? To register this number as a private number to accept this free call. Let me know, OGA. One, to refuse this free call, press two. If you, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right. 
And then so uh, the bonus. Oh, I, sorry. No, I actually have a bonus for you. A quick one after this one, just to let you know. I, I forgot. Oh to tell boy, you. a double bonus. <laughs> oh wait, what is it? Double plus good. Oh, under his eye. You just mix them all up. They all, all mean right, the same well, thing. Let's see the example. What was that? I said they all mean the same thing. So we should just mix our Handmaid's Tale and 1984 speak and put them together. Could have All a right, whole so name. you're asking if you can just round out the rest of the video. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, he's talking about the speech. Okay, I got you. See, I've never watched Handmade still, so I don't. Okay. See, for once, you've got me. You got me. All right. So yeah, I could. Let's show everyone. What's that? I was just gonna say I couldn't keep watching it after a few seasons because I'm like, is anything ever gonna get better? And I was, I was like, I can't take this anymore. So that's why I stopped watching it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm waiting to see the new, uh, you know, the new uh, Hunger Games movie. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to screw it up. But you know it. we'll see. We'll give them a chance. We'll give them a chance. All right. But let's, let's give the audience our fourth, our first bonus, right? Okay. Uh, our single plus good first bonus. And then uh, you can give them the double plus good one. Okay to draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler and the use of the terminology like vermin and the, the, the drive that those men had towards autocracy and, and dictatorship. The difference, though, I think makes Donald Trump even more dangerous, and that is he has no philosophy he believes in. He is not trying to expand the boundaries of the United States of America. He's not trying to overcome a neighboring country like Putin is in Ukraine. He is not going for some grandiose scheme of international dominance. All he wants is to look in the mirror and see a guy who's president. All he cares about is selfish self-promotion. That's the only philosophy he has, which makes him even more dangerous. A judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. He's and if he is well. voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Uh, just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. Only Again, the only thing that stood between him and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we can. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men 
most of them radicalized right off to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Kathy Griffin holding the I have head. thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, so that's a modern day clip. That's from 26 little clips from at least 2016 because that's when all this started. But I mean, you heard you heard these guys wow. say it themselves. We need to put a bullet in him. Wow. Stab I him. Mean, shoot him in the head. I don't know who this I don't know who this Trump guy is, but I feel like I should like him. Like I should really really not like him. In fact, I'm ill. If hate wasn't a federal crime, I, I might just hate Donald Trump. Why? Well, one, we already know that the government never lies to us and never tries to convince us of something that's totally untrue, as demonstrated by our first clip about how great the economy is and how cheap Thanksgiving is this year, right? And so, Jen, I, I really feel like after hearing that clip that I should take, I don't know, what do you think? Two minutes and just hate Donald Trump. Now, we've laid out three examples where Orwell was pretty much dead on, but clearly, clearly, this last one has got to be the outlier. It can't possibly be true, right? I mean, Orwell couldn't have possibly predicted that a U.S. president, the leader of at least probably half of the country, if not more, could be so heinous and bad. Jim, is there an Orwellian example of this type of behavior? Please, please tell me that there's not. Oh, there is. You can feel the emotion oh, from boy. here. Oh, big brother. <laughs> Press and play. But even as we grasp at victory, there is a cancer, an evil tumor, growing, spreading in our midst. Shut up. 
shout, shout out his name. standing over everybody shouting and closes in on a few of the leaders in front. Julia, when the characters get so upset, you throw the shoe and then the leader gets back in. Winston then begins to show Goldstein's face is on the other hand. Is flying. Everybody calms down. They stand up. They make the X symbol with their arms. Oh, are we protecting our democracy? We sure from are. From that evil man? Is that what everybody was prepared to do with the cross exit? Wowzer. Wowzer. That's just amazing. It seems like Big Brother had everyone convinced that Emmanuel Goldstein was just this horrible, horrible person. Yep. And so much so that they literally had to have two minutes tape in order to express their outrage at how horrible this Hitlerian type of figure was, as explained by Big Brother. Now, spoiler alert, um, actually Emmanuel Goldstein is a figment of Big Brother's imagination. Which leads me to a very controversial conspiracy line of thinking. If 1984 was so accurate on the first three, we should probably be very leery about the fourth example we've provided. You see, I actually have a line of analysis that says maybe Trump is Emmanuel Goldstein. We won't know until all the cards hit the table. But you should certainly not see the first three ex examples and be like, yeah, write all of them, Jeremy. And then in the last one, say, oh, well, no. I mean, there's Jesus and then there's Trump. Because maybe not. Maybe Trump is Emmanuel Goldstein. Maybe he's a figment of Big Brother's imagination meant to ensnare and entrap us all into this rah-rah-rah so that we identify ourselves to our enemy 
so that they can easily send out their SASI, their NKBD, you know, the FBI, the secret police, to round us all up because now we're just all wearing markers like red hats and American flags that make us easy targets for our enemies to mop us up. Now, I'm not saying that I've come to a 100% conclusion on that, but it is a theory. There's also the theory that well, Trump's not. Trump is the hero. Trump did fight, and they really are trying to take him out. Okay, well, we'll see, right? It's all going to come to a head eventually, and we're all going to have that aha moment. Aha, they weren't able to defeat him. Aha, they were able to defeat him. Or aha, he was actually in on it the whole time. I mean, he would help out a whole lot if he'd stop claiming that the vaccine is so awesome when we all know that it's not. Yeah. But I don't know. These are all lines of analysis and something we should all be conducting all the time against almost every scenario because, see, we live in a world ruled by deception, division, and distraction, right? And so if we know this, if we know that this world is evil, well, then we can't put anything past them. And we should always be looking with a discerning eye in every aspect, especially when we've been given a framework for how those who do, you know, members of the club that we're not in, they all saw help. Eric Blair saw it in 1949. And so this Thanksgiving, I think, oh, I know Jim's got one more example of our double plus good bonus, right? <laughs> but just keep in mind that sometimes fiction's not fiction. Sometimes fiction is just, you know, something to get you interested in what actually one could left. be happening. And so I encourage you all to read 1984 very closely. Watch the movie as well. It's very entertaining. But there's a lot of clues, and you're going to see a lot of similarities. And you're going to learn a lot about what's going on by this work of fiction. So, Jen, I'm super excited for your Bill Plus Good bonus. So let me call back. Man, we're just getting on these long episodes. You never know. We might have to expand the show. I'm just saying, double your pay. It's a, it's a, it's a pre-Thanksgiving special, okay? Don't get too excited. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let me call back for this one last thing. Okay. The caller has hung up. Yeah, next we're going to play a final warning from George Orwell. And this is the clip that I was telling you about that I just um, came across the other day. Two books that you have to read. 1984 and Brave New World. Uh, Brave New World is, it has some of the elements, but also there's a, um, a lot of themes in there about big pharma and our society as a whole, but in a, in a different way than 1984, but they're both must reads. You, you just really have to read them. And then you'll probably be, if you weren't already perturbed, if you haven't heard these, read these books or watched the movies yet, um, you sure will be after that. And of course, the books always give more information than the movies, right? I much prefer to read the book 
and then maybe I'll see the movie after. And he was just talking about Hunger Games. I read all those books and then I watched the movies. And again, just like every other time, it's just not as good. I do not plan on seeing this latest Hunger Games. Um, no thanks. My favorite book growing up was Memoirs of a Geisha. Now that one, I mean, you could not get that much detail and intricate understanding of the relationships that were going on uh, in a movie. It was just impossible. And true to form, the movie was really beautifully made, but there's just no way you can you can get all that detail in there. Okay, Jova43 is saying Fahrenheit 451 also is a must read. Yeah, please feel free to put uh, any books in the comment section that you think are must reads, especially going into this new year of 2024. Instead of reading the books that are coming out now, it may be better to read the books that have already been written some time ago. <laughs> um I'm still getting through. I'm so distracted with news. I'll be completely honest. I think I've said that a couple times, but I am still trying to get through Whitney Webb's book. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but oh, a nation under blackmail. All right. So um, it's, it's very dense. There's a lot of information in it. And I read with my highlighter. Um, it's because I don't want to miss a thing. And I, I want to remember the majority incarcerated individual at and then if you'll see the the book behind me which is a little cut off on the screen right now that was another really good book that i flew through called gods of eden and um you got to be mentally prepared for that one you may start the conversation now all right did you get me yes all right let's hear about this uh extra bonus you have for us okay this is a final warning from george orwell so i'm going to bring up this screen real quick and we'll get to it but he left one final warning 1984 is I believe a quite terrifying masterpiece. So terrifying, in fact, I don't think I should like to read another like it. I'm not absolutely dissatisfied with it. I think it is a good idea, but the execution would have been better if I had not been under the influence of TB when I wrote it. You once claimed that you have an ability to face unpleasant facts. Is that what you've demonstrated in 1984 by drawing an accurate portrait of the future? I think that allowing for the book being, after all, a parody, something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, 
Imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. Mm. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. Wow. I never have heard that clip. That I mean, so I'd always heard it was a rumor uh, that he had said these things, but I've never actually uh, heard that clip. So thank you, Jim. That's a very good, a very good get. Man, you're such a journalist. You know, what, what really struck me about what he said is that there's only going to be two emotions, right? This um, fear, anger, all these negative emotions are all that's going to be left. And that's something that Tucker Carlson just talked about. Uh, I don't know where he was speaking, but he was saying that the majority of the people that he talks to are in this emotional state of fear and anger and paranoia, whereas his, his wife is completely offline and she's not like that. So, so he can tell the difference uh, he's, and he's not denying that you should be fearful and uh, angry and paranoid and all of those things. He's just saying that's very apparent when you are, when you know what's going on in the world, quote unquote, no, it really does have an effect on you. And that is with a purpose. Let us not forget that. They're steering us one way or another with the news that we're consuming and we are consuming it. And um, something else. Well, of course. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, of course. I mean, look, there used to only be one. Look, remember, CNN is not that old, okay? Right? CNN was the first 24-hour news channel. Now, look how many we have. Why? Because these things are effective. Remember, I've said this before in the past. Anything that they study, they intend to do to you. That's why they're studying it. They want to know the results of these things that they're going to do to you. So when they do the Milgram experiment where they, you know, pay people to uh, turn the shock knob up because a guy in a white coat holding a clipboard tells you to, and you can hear the person screaming, there's a reason they're studying that human behavior because that's what they want to do. When they run the Stanford experiment and they, put three actors in a room and the fourth person is a real person and they ask you which line on the paper is longer and the three actors intentionally get the wrong answer until eventually the non-actor starts to intentionally give the wrong answer to fit in with the crowd. There's a reason they're studying that because yes. they want to do it to you. Yes. There's a reason the CIA, which should be the Central Intelligence Agency, has a history of mind control studies. That's right. I mean, and why they put money anything into those that they study, right? Anything what? that they study in the universities, they're trying to figure out how it's going to affect you when they do it to you. That is the purpose. So always keep that in mind. But uh, and and I yeah, look. Let, let me say something else. Like, like Alex Jones says, it's a war for your mind. And it's, I was just thinking the other day, it absolutely is, but it's also a war for our mind and body. 
because of all the chemicals that we're intaking from everyday products, the, the crap they're putting in the air, in your food. It's an all out assault on your body and mind. And then let me just say one more thing about what George Orwell said here. He said, the only loyalty you will have is to the party. That is a tenet of communism. And when I go to the uh, GOP community, whatever, whatever, and I hear in those circles a lot, which makes me extremely nervous and put off, to be quite frank, is, well, it's all about the party. We need to vote for the party. Anything we do is for the party, the party, the party. I'm like, you are talking about a machine, okay? You are feeding and supporting a machine. So, you know, this may, this may not be uh, something that a lot of people will agree with me with, but the we have a uniparty machine right now. And if you hear what George Orwell just said, he just straight warned you that the future will only be about the party. Okay. So do the opposite of that. That's it. That's my two cents. Well, Jim, let me ask you this. What other group of people when gathered are referred to as a party? Right? Like, why isn't it called the, uh, hey, I'm a member of a gun party? Or why am I not a member of a book party? Right? Yeah. Why is it that the only time, I mean, we all know what a party is. A party is somewhere where you go and have a good old time. And then why is it that only in this context are the groups of which you are involved in Referred to as a It's double speak, of course. <laughs> Why is it Republicans constantly say that we're a democracy? Literally, you're a Republican. It's in the Constitution. Hell, if I was a Republican, I would be running around and be, I would go to stupid voters and I would say, you, I mean, and this is totally, well, this is what the Democrats would do is the word democracy or Democrat was in the Constitution, they would go around to their stupid voters and they would say, well, you have to vote for me. I mean, it's in the Constitution. So it's right there. <laughs> so then why don't the Republicans do that? Republicans would take Constitutions around and go to stupid people and say, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, the Democrats, yeah, they're not even, they're not even constitutional. Look right here. Article 4, Section 4, it says right there, Republicans, you have to vote for me. It's the law. Let, let, let us turn to Article 6, Paragraph 2, right? So right there, Supreme Law of the Land, and the, the Supreme Law of the Land says you got to vote for Republicans. See, that's what Democrats would do. So why don't the Republicans do it? Instead, the Republicans refer to us as democracy constantly. That would be insane. But you're right, because they're all they're all rowing the boat in the same direction. And that is over Niagara Falls. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, one of the things Oral said that will persist until the end is the desire for power. That's and that's right. all they care about. And and if you're working so, for these large organizations, and this this is what it comes down to, you're working for these organizations, these corporations, okay, that are global, 
They don't stay in the United States because they need to make more money. So why would they be loyal to the United States? They are globalists. They don't care anything about American sovereignty. Because when you when you talk about people that crave money and power, if you think that they're loyal to anybody but themselves or to the money, you'd be mistaken. And that's why we're at where we're at. Uh, and, and this joint partnership between the corporations and the politicians will be our downfall. And what does fascism mean? People people are throwing that around all around social media. What does fascism mean? What does it mean? It's an Italian word that means the binding of little sticks. The government and the corporations against the people. That's what it means. So when someone calls this and that and that person a fascist, do you even understand the meaning of that? You know, people, um, it's going to be an interesting year. Obviously, Jen, they don't understand. That's why in Congress, the chambers of Congress, there are two fasci that flank either side at the congressional podium. Don't believe me? Look it up. So, if you don't believe that there's a problem, then this is what I want you to do. I want you to go write a check for a million dollars to your favorite candidate and give them to me. Give it to them. Because you know what that will do? That will trigger a federal election campaign violation. Because to you are only allowed to contribute $2,800 per election to a candidate, right? Well, then how is it that all day long we hear about, oh, this corporation has donated millions of dollars and this organization has donated millions of dollars? And this is, well, because that's who runs the show. And they've written the laws so that they can do that, but you can't do that. Why? Well, one, I wouldn't recommend giving a million dollars to a politician. But what if you wanted to? You can't, right? Unless you abide by their crafty, sneaky system of dark money and packs and super packs. But you cannot legally give any more than $2,800 to the candidate of your choice in any given election, or else you will be in violation of federal election law. Look it up. And yet all day long, the donor class, the corporate donors. In fact, the first big job I did as a chauffeur was that I drove uh, the senior vice president of AT&T for both the Republican National Convention and the Democrat National Convention. Why? Because AT&T was the corporate sponsor for both parties. Why? Because we're crony capitalists, a.k.a. fascists, right? It's the intermingling of government and corporations in order to work in an unholy alliance. That's what a fascist government is. And so, look, idiots use words that they don't know what the meaning of. That's fine. I mean, look, watch the Prince of Pride. I do not think you uh, know what that word means, right? Uh, that is reality. I mean, it is, again, and look, hey, that's, 
similarity number five. The Newspeak Dictionary is all about the redefining or, or eliminating of words to dumb you down so that you do not know what that means. What do we mean? I don't know, right? Yeah. This is the 1984 reality that we're living into. So I am thankful in a very, uh, yeah, look, I'm thankful that Mr. Orwell, Eric Blair, wrote 1984 so we can heed his warning. But are we heeding his warning? We should. So enjoy the time with your family. If somebody says something stupid, don't let them get away with it. All right? Because the only way evil succeeds is when good men do nothing. So this Thanksgiving, when you're sitting at the table, don't do nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. Of course. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. The caller has hung up. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. I just want to touch on a couple things that uh, OG8 is saying right here. He's saying, be independent. Don't be a bot. Blue team versus red team like. And uh, he's saying he doesn't, well, he says, I constantly mock my friends who go to or tune into uh, a Bills NFL football game. They get emotional about it. People want to be entertained and also want to be told what to do. Yeah. I, you know, I just saw a movie today. Um, no, sorry. I watched it last night and I, and I fell asleep. So I had to finish it this morning, but it was just one of those B movies on Amazon prime. Okay. But the premise of the movie was it's in the future. You, most everybody has a chair in their home that connects them to the internet. There's little difference between living in this virtual world and, and being out in the world. Um, Although, you know, being in that virtual world is oftentimes more pleasurable, let's say, because you could be doing virtually anything, anything you want to do, right? And they displayed uh, one example uh, with a whole bunch of people and they're playing uh, like Dungeons and Dragons type stuff, okay? Like some medieval and they got special powers and all that. And then they turn their pain uh, the brain is receiving less pain receptors basically, but they can, you know, have all these other positive feelings. Well, the whole plot of the movie is that there's this rogue group of individuals who want to unplug humans from the internet so that they could wake up and they saw everybody else as being slaves to the internet. Okay. And what ends up happening at the very end? I'm going to spoil it for you. So you can turn it off now if you don't want to hear it. But what ends up happening at the end is, and there's all these battles to get to this point. The people come knock down the door and murder all of those rogue individuals that were trying to free humanity from the internet because they didn't want to be unplugged. They didn't want that freedom. So the question is, are there more of us that want freedom or are there less? Does it only take 3% to get our freedom back? Does it take more? Does it only really take a handful of people? 
for all the people in the world, not just the United States, because this is a global takeover that we're looking at. That's the question. Do the do a large majority of people actually want freedom? And that's a good question because the propaganda is fierce. You you go on Twitter, social media, whatever, everything is algorithmed. So for the most part, I'm seeing the posts I want to see. Right? It's been a little different lately. Maybe that's because I've been going on some other pages, but are we already living in our own bubbles? What are really the votes? We don't have a a trustworthy election system. So we don't actually know what the people want, what the majority of people want. I'm going to check the comments real quick before we head off. Uh, yeah, OG8 is just talking... Talking, making a lot of jokes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that that's where we're at. I hope that, you know, everyone realizes what point we're at right now. And going into this next year will be chaotic. I can promise you that. Please be as prepared as you can for whatever's coming. If that means uh, lack of water for a long time, please be prepared with water. That means the electrical grid is going down. If that means that the banks are going to close, you know, it's going to be a hairy year next year. And we all know why this agenda 2030 just got moved up to 2025. And we have one of the most important elections in our history. A lot of talk online now about paper ballots only. There's so many, uh, you know, I was going to use the word battle for all those uh, government officials uh, out there watching. I mean, metaphorically, okay. A lot of battles that have to be won here. Election integrity is just one of many. So lots of chaos, lots of division, lots of distraction. Keep your mind on what's important if you can. It's necessary and needed. Um, like I said, it's hard for me to read a book now sometimes because I'm so distracted by what's going on. I, I want to stay on top of what's happening. But at the end of the day, it's going to happen regardless of whether I see it at the second or not, right? So that's called self-discipline. I need to work on it. We all We all have a little bit of that. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for being here. I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow night. We'll be back online next week, probably Wednesday. We're going to take a Thanksgiving break. So thank you, everybody. Whatever you do, don't do nothing. Have a good night. World domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. of freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth it was a great word